And therefore, the gym is bad. I'm a big old lesbian. It's fine. Welcome to the khaki barn. Have a khaki day. You dumb shits. Welcome to episode 11 of Sibling Rants. Not fucking it up this week. It's your big brother, Andrew. And your little sister, Bronwyn. And as Bronwyn and I sit here on Zoom in our respective homes of Kitchener and Cambridge, we are reminded that these lands are the traditional homes of the Haudenosaunee, Anishinaabe, and neutral peoples. We recognize and deeply appreciate their historic connection to this region, and we also recognize the contributions Indigenous peoples have made in in shaping and strengthening this community. We are grateful for the opportunity opportunity to create on these lands together and reaffirm our commitment to truth and reconciliation in our community we sure are and i'll you tell you there's had a lot of to say to we're not done. fucking it up this week uh well life. yeah because i didn't um <laughs> after counting you didn't you said listen. it way too early <laughs> okay well but yes, first you're off, right. I, at least you did get episode 11 right this week i got the episode correct and it is because <laughs> no word of a lie i rehearsed it in my head while i was at work to make sure i was gonna say the right episode this week <laughs> Because after last week, I was like, okay, redemption time. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Fair. Although uh, it did make for a great cold open. so <laughs> It it did. I'm sure it really confused people not hearing the standard intro. Uh, <laughs> being like, wait, they introduced us to the episode. Wait, What's going wait. on? Wait, episode 11? <laughs> Mixing it up. Keeping y'all on your toes. Oh my gosh. Uh, listen. First, first bit of warning for all y'all. The fatigue is real for both of us. Yes. Uh, the COVID fatigue for me. Uh, Bron and I have had many Snapchats about that right now. The COVID fatigue and that like, it's funny because like, I look forward to recording this podcast every week, but there is definitely that moment right beforehand where I'm like, holy fuck, I'm tired. Like every time. <laughs> um, and it's just, and it's also made worse by the fact that my medical stuff is actually not getting better. <laughs> so. But then, we, but then we get going. Yeah. One little spark lights a little bit of a fire under one of us. It doesn't and the rants begin. It doesn't take much. <laughs> it really, really doesn't. I am fueled by angst, so. <laughs> I also just went to stretch and my muscle spasmed. Oh my god. <laughs> it's because I went to the gym. So, yeah. In amidst and, Ontario and lockdowns. Therefore, the gym is bad. Just kidding. Kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Ah, the gym hurts me, therefore I should not do yeah. that. Therefore, no dice. <laughs> no, the gym is a wonderful place because it allows me to eat like an asshole and not feel as bad about it. <laughs> you know what? I have to say, I have a gym membership that I haven't paid for. It's with my body and I got it over a year. <laughs> well, I just it's just like they have a hot tub. So <laughs> what can I say? It's true. Um, but I... Although the thought of going into that hot tub now, no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. But it was grimy that before. Filthy water. Now, no. Um, but I just like I actually do miss the gym, which is funny because I I'm not actually a gym person. I'm much more of a runner when I can. My medical stuff is not allowing me to do much of that right now, but but I much prefer being outside. However, I do miss the gym because I actually miss lifting weights. There's something about the feeling of like accomplishment you get from weightlifting that you don't get from anything else. <laughs> So I do kind of miss that. But I also cannot afford to be forking over money to a gym right now, so. um. Uh, But also, also, (laughs) Movadi is, like, the most expensive fucking gym in our region. You and I have had this discussion, too, that, like, the only reason I'm 
still yeah. going to the gym is the fact that the one that I go to is so small. And so, like, it's yeah. super, super easy for them to still have, like, there is 20-some-odd members total. So ad- abiding by social distancing yeah. standards and following COVID protocols has been incredibly easy for them. Um, and bless their hearts, they are staying uh, <laughs> open amidst the fuckery right now uh, and just keeping it on the DL like a lot of businesses. Uh, and we'll get to that stupid yeah. rant. Oh my god, fucking Doug Ford. Anyway, I'm pretty sure I say fucking Doug Ford every single time we record. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, so I went to Mavadi. <laughs> but it's true. Been, I used to have a World Gym membership, which then became Crunch Gym. Um, and I was fine mm-hmm. with that, but I didn't go very often. And then I, a friend of mine got a Mavadi membership on a discount. So I was like, oh, I'll go too. And I went to Mavadi and was like, ooh, I really like the facilities and it makes me want to go. So I was like, it's worth paying a little bit more to go. But that was back when I was using the gym to help with my running. And and now during COVID, like it closed for COVID and I haven't been since. And I'm just sitting here going, what is the point if I have learned to find other ways to exercise <laughs> in the meantime, what is the point of paying that kind of money to go to a place like Mavadi? What is the point? So oh, it's COVID absolutely. has exposed a lot of things. <laughs> It sure has. Uh, do we want to start with our capitalist rant? Or do we want to start with uh, your Bridezilla note from last week? Where, where do we want to go here? Uh, let's end on Bridezilla because it's more just like a, it's a rant and it's a legitimate rant. But I feel like it's um, a little bit more of a fun rant. I don't know. Maybe not. It's going to be me oh, ranting, so it might not be that fun. But <laughs> Well, I've, trust me, I've got a tag on to that rant as well. So <laughs> Okay. Okay. So we'll do that at the end. <laughs> But so let's start with capitalism and Doug Ford and lockdown. Ugh. I would I would also just like to say that I got my first dose of Pfizer on Friday, which is you interesting because <laughs> I know it's so funny though because a couple of episodes ago we thought you were gonna get yours first and I yeah. <laughs> didn't know that I could get mine and then it turns out that like and again I know we keep like hinting at fat phobia and we will talk about it a lot more later especially when we can have guests on and whatnot but due to medical fat phobia fat bodies are high risk for COVID because we don't retru- receive treatment as fast to be clear it has nothing to do with being fat it has to do with medical fat phobia but anyway because of that fat bodies over a BMI of 40 are considered eligible for the phase 2 vaccine in Ontario and Waterloo region opened up to us April 1st so I got my vaccine on Friday <laughs> Which is, I'm actually, I'm happy for you. I am just also jealous. jealous. I mean, my, my BMI does not come anywhere close to that, but also the BMI scale is bullshit. Um, Oh yeah, BMI is bullshit. But here, you know what, for once in my life, I'll take advantage of it. So (laughs) it's, it's true. I mean, I don't blame you. If I could, I would. I keep fucking checking every day on Waterloo Region's page for vaccine rollouts and waiting to see them throw in that tag for people who can't work from home. This is. Oh my god, this is the thing though, is that vaccines should have been made available to every frontline worker, every frontline worker, not just nurses, not just doctors, not just people who work in hospitals and and people who do volunteer work for hospitals and whatnot, every person who has to work frontlines, and by frontlines I mean anybody who cannot work from home. Yeah, so for any one of our listeners who are not... Uh, from Ontario or not from Canada, because I know we do have U.S. listeners as well. Um, Canada is a fucking shit show 
when it comes to this vaccine rollout. We sat up here on our high and mighty horse, Mm -hmm. laughing at the states, seeing, well, maybe not necessarily laughing at all of the deaths Uh, that were happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, we were concerned and and whatnot, but... But we were also sitting here being like, fucking idiots, what the hell? <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it looked so grossly mismanaged in the beginning. Uh, and now that we've gotten to a point where vaccines need to get into bodies, because vaccines exist to get into bodies, <laughs> um, Canada has shit the bed so hard that you, we've changed the sheets three times and you're still smelling it. Like I would say, too, and I mean, I don't know enough about the federal purchase of vaccines but i do know that vaccine rollout is a provincial thing and so our provincial governments are absolutely shitting the bed like ford like there are like 400 and some odd thousand vaccines sitting in in cold storage in toronto and we have not even come close to rolling out that many in the regions because we can't get our shit together because of doug ford so i I just (laughs) Oh no, like we're we're doing okay here in Waterloo Region mm-hmm. and in Guelph, Wellington, Dufferin. They're doing yeah. okay with their vaccine rollouts. Why? Because those regions chose to create their own vaccine yeah. portals for people Definitely. to register yeah. because they knew they couldn't trust the provincial government and didn't want to rely on the provincial website uh, and the gong show that it would be. Now, I understand needing um, a blanket portal for registration uh, because there are townships and areas that aren't maybe necessarily large enough to warrant having their own website um, or because the region is so vast it's just a whole bunch of little small townships and hamlets uh, you know just not enough people but I very much think Toronto region, Peel region, York region, all of these larger areas should have very much had their own shit together and tried to handle it uh, rather than the gong show. Uh, but as far as a federal easy. level goes, <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, it would be too easy. As far as a federal level goes, like, we we fucked up right out the gate here. Uh, we put a bet in on a vaccine being completed that actually completely fell through, mm-hmm. uh, didn't pass standards in anything, which then meant that we were really fucking late to the game getting any sort of order in with Pfizer and Moderna um and our procurement minister I don't know what exactly she's doing to try and rectify these mistakes but that's the the problem that we're seeing um both federally and provincially is that no information is being readily made available as to what's being done to fix the issue all we're hearing about is shutting down more closing down more more restrictions, tighter restrictions, all this shit. It, it's great. I understand you want to curb the potential of what's going to happen here. But where is the lifeline you're trying to throw us here? Like, you're not telling us anything you're doing. All you're saying is, well, it's a shit show and this is what we're going to do right now. It's, yeah, but like I was going to say, like, it's not even about shutting it down because because the cases are rising. It's like Ford uses the word lockdown to try and make it seem like he's doing his job. But like this third lockdown we're going into right now is I'm I'm sorry. It's about what? Like malls are still open. Like, uh, well, and the, the problem <laughs> with the these lockdowns particularly, and it's been the problem since the get go, is the fact that there is no follow through. You, no. you quote unquote lock things down, but the proportionate number of any sort of repercussions, fines that should have been handed out, whatever, they weren't there. There there was nothing the second time around. 
there's really nothing fucking this time around. And I also don't blame people. Like, people in uh, the, the medical officers for Toronto, Peel, and mm-hmm. Ottawa region are calling for even tighter restrictions now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay... Y'all clearly proved that tighter restrictions on your individual areas did not work. So maybe instead of trying to shut things down further, you should be further pushing masks. You should be allowing businesses to clap back at anti-maskers who come into their store. And if you are not a safe person, it doesn't matter about medically exempt at this point. Because I have many, many friends who are truthfully medically exempt. And you know what they do? They put on a face shield. They do their best to minimize actually going out. And if they do need to go in a store, they have no problems wearing a mask. And I'm talking with people who have COPD. Like... Full-blown worst of the fucking worst. And they're doing the necessary things. So instead, you've got all these fucking assholes running around saying, I'm medically exempt. And businesses are too scared to take a fucking hit and won't allow anyone to say anything. My partner has been told multiple times, and he's pretty sure he's going to get fucking fired at this point. Because he yells at every single person who comes into his goddamn store. Where the fuck is your mask? You can't walk into Walmart with it, but you think you're going to come in here and pay for your fucking gas. Like, no. There is... No repercussions for these things, and businesses are too worried about turning a goddamn fucking dollar right now, rather than enforcing legitimate public health. Yeah, and I mean, that alone is an issue, I mean, and that comes top down, right? Like, that comes from leadership, but also, it has been proven that cases are spreading in workplaces, and yet, and yet, Doug Ford still voted against paid sick days he refuses to implement paid sick leave during a global fucking pandemic and he then sits there like one of the things that enraged me most and i know he's been doing it the whole goddamn time but it makes me so angry is he stands there on national television and he fucking blames parties and he blames the youth and he blames people and he bl- like he blames our fucking generation our fucking millennial asses who are now between like late 20s and almost 40 and then like gen Z for partying and it's like yeah okay there are people in universities who are partying when they shouldn't be that's not where the majority of these cases are coming from no the majority of the cases are actually coming from workplaces you know, like keeping schools open, keep make not allowing people to actually like get paid to be off. Like, let me just tell you that if I wasn't working from home and I had to take a sick day and I it was going to ding me, I would go in too. I would go in because I can't afford it. I cannot afford to lose a, pay, a day's pay. And Doug Ford doesn't give a shit about people. He only no. cares about his fucking like cronies, his business cronies not losing any fucking dime to their employees. It's ex- it's exploitation and entitlement at its finest. And it is and it is the reason why we keep going into these false lockdowns and yet cases still rise. And the moment a case, like a case number drops a little bit, he's like, we're out of lockdown, yay! Like, enjoy your time, go sit on patios, go to the mall, yay, do your thing, contribute to capitalism. And then the moment cases go up even a little bit, he locks us down and goes, we're on a lockdown. You can still golf, though, and go to the mall, but we're on a lockdown, and how fucking dare you go out and see a friend during a global pandemic? Like, you're the reason why we're failing. And it's like, no, Doug Ford, you are. You are the reason. I'm so angry right now. I hate him. (laughs) He is the reason, as are 
some of the top brass, these top yeah. medical officers, because they have been given a little too much power without having a full scope during this pandemic. Uh, one of the interesting things that I've been hearing and I'm inclined to agree with is that they're doing an excellent job as doctors. They're focusing on the medical data specifically. But the problem is they aren't necessarily focused on how that data extrapolates into the rest of society. So you're looking at modeling data and you're looking at, yes, numbers might spike and whatnot, but you're not considering where those numbers are spiking from. You're not considering where you know, your honest to God's triggers are coming from. You're not considering the impact that locking down a region is going to have on other people's. You're not considering the, the impact that stricter restrictions are going to have because it's, we already watched it happen. The second shutdown happened, what did everyone do over the course of fucking Christmas? Drove to other places because all you got to do is drive a fucking hour from Toronto and you're in a region that's not necessarily locked down and you yeah. can do all these things. Well, I mean, this is this is one of the things we need an Ontario wide crew honest lockdown as in everybody's home for several weeks. Everybody is paid to be home. Like you're not a lot like nobody's going to lose money. There's paid six days. There's paid leave like lockdown leave. There's everything is closed except for very restricted groceries. <laughs> like even then, I feel like you could get away with if with enough notice. Mm -hmm. If we gave two weeks notice now saying, OK, in two weeks time, we are going to do a full lockdown that gives you a two week period, maybe yeah. a little bit longer than two weeks because you might need the supply chain to catch up for people to not panic by, but understand that it's going to be a full shutdown save for legitimate <sighs> emergency services, which is your hospitals, fire police, paramedic, uh, jails. Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other thing. I mean, so, I mean, this, the reason why I disagree with closing grocery stores and whatnot and having people buy ahead of time is because like anybody who is, falls under the poverty line or anybody who really struggles with money is not going to be able to do that. Like buying groceries all at once is like two to $300 in one shot when some people can really only do $50 a week. And so they need to be kept open. But the way that we were doing grocery stores at the very beginning of this pandemic was effective. Mm. There were only yeah. a certain amount of people allowed in the store. You had like everything was social, social distance. Of course, we didn't have mass mandates at the time. We do now. There were lineups outside, but it was what it was. We figured it out. We did it, you know, and everything was seen like you had to sanitize your hands going in, you had to sanitize them coming out, you had to, you know, you couldn't be in there forever, you couldn't be crowding, everything was monitored like that, that would be okay on top of a lockdown where everybody has to stay home, nobody can go out to the mall, social distancing is enforced even in places like parks and public spaces outside and whatnot, like, but no, we're not willing to do that. We're not willing to do any of that. Like, I don't know very, I don't know enough about the specific medical officers and what kind of power they have and what kind of like how they've been misleading in any way. I don't know enough about that to comment on it, but I do know that our government has been absolutely shitting the bed because they don't give a fuck about anything except money. No. Money is more important than human life. Like there's a doctor that has been tweeting or that tweeted about this recently that's been going around from Toronto who had a patient that right after this tweet went viral, he, the patient died from COVID in the ICU. Um, but this patient's this patient is a direct result of workplace transmission because I think it was her husband, she was only in her 40s. Um, her she was healthy and her husband uh, I believe it was her husband contracted it at work because he wasn't allowed to take sick days, paid sick days, and brought it home to her and she 
contracted COVID and she has now died because of it. And this doctor is being very uh, vocal about the fact that like, if we had implemented paid sick days to avoid workplace trans uh, transmission, this person would still be alive. And like this, it's just, it's so, oh my God. Like these deaths are absolutely 1000% on Doug Ford's shoulders. Yeah, and he it is, doesn't it is care. He doesn't it care. is 100% on the government. And it's it's since the first shutdown mm-hmm. of late March, April last year, I said from the get-go what the broad spectrum term of manufacturing was deemed essential yeah. was bullshit. Yeah. Out the, the fucking gate, it was bullshit. Yeah. I kept working the entire pandemic. Yeah. Now, I'm grateful that I got a paycheck. I didn't have to worry about fucking around with CERB or anything else like that. I'm grateful to continue to have a paycheck. However, my place of work, the machines and shit that we build, no one fucking needed that during a shutdown. They were not essential. But our umbrella parent company, because some of the businesses provided auto manufacturing parts that were service parts for fire, ambulance, police... It got deemed as an essential and of course, like any fucking large corporation would, took that and said, oh, we're essential. We're going to keep as much shit fucking open as we can. Oh, by the way, we're really going to do it because we also ended up qualifying for the subsidized wages for our employees being laid mm. off and whatnot. Like, fuck you. Toyota, Toyota is the worst right now for manufacturing spread, both the Cambridge and the Woodstock plants. It is fucking ridiculous because they've straight out been told in a letter that if they test positive for covid they are to go to work and just self-isolate while they're at work what oh yeah oh yeah just fucking heard this today from someone i know who is a toyota employee and i said get the fuck out but yeah, this that is needs the to bullshit that they're touting that is straight up bullshit like that could be like that is that is wor- that is employer negligence. Like that is the reason that somebody could die, and that would be on that employee's that would be on that employer's shoulders. Oh, like that that oh, is yeah. directly their fault. Toyota oh, has no. been shut down multiple times over the past year due to outbreaks. Like very clearly, you are unable in any way, shape, or form to self isolate while you're at your work. You know, I could understand maybe maybe if the stations were like 20 feet apart from each other and it was mostly robotic assembly, but clearly it's not. Yeah. Clearly you got an issue. And these, like, this is just one manufacturing facility. This is one place that employs thousands of people in around the Kitchener, Waterloo region, Guelph, Wellington, Dufferin, Mm -hmm. Woodstock, London, Mm -hmm. Wellington, Essex. Like it's just, it's fucking yeah. ridiculous, and it's... But, you know, manufacturing's fine to keep operating full speed. Don't worry about it. But we're gonna, you know, shut down gyms entirely. We're gonna shut down hair salons, dog groomers, places that have zero data indicating any sort of yep. mass transmission. But we'll keep oh the fucking God. manufacturing yeah. open because we gotta turn a buck still. When I got my hair done in... August when I had it dyed purple we were both masked it was literally just like me and him 
And like, yeah, sure, he was in close contact with me. I was in close contact with him, but we were masked. <laughs> and I'm not saying that that's going to stop everything. There's still a possibility of transmission, but like, and we do have to be careful of, obviously, of, of you know, other people aren't going to comply and are still going to go out with symptoms and whatnot. But like, that was way safer than me walking around Costco with a ton of people around me. Like, people don't social distance in Costco. <laughs> Oh yeah, one of the girls at the gym, Sharon. She, the who is one of our listeners. Hi, Sharon. Uh, <laughs> full on told me the other day she went to the fucking grocery store, and they had them line up, up and down a singular aisle for checkout. So you had one group of people go one way, one go on the other, same aisle, which means you're oh, no. no more than a foot apart from another person next oh, to you. No. And I mean, don't no. get me wrong. We obviously did show during, and you and I have had this discussion, during the BLM marches last year, if -hmm. people are masked up, taking the proper sanitary procedures and everything else, you don't necessarily see a huge spike. But also, grocery stores, come the fuck on. You're telling me you don't have enough space to spread people the fuck out? Yeah, no. Well, we also have to remember, too, with a place like the, like, one, yeah, there were no, there were no or very few um covid cases linked to blm marches across north america so like because we were masked and and you saw the photos from across the board and there were very few people unmasked in waterloo region you were asked very specifically before you showed up to bring a mask to have it on to not come if you're showing symptoms and blah 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 but we also have to remember for things like blm most of the people participating in that kind of march or or protest are not the type of people who are against mask wearing <laughs> so so we're complying right like we're not going to be like i need to show up to blm because i'm sick we're re- well okay i'm sure there are some white people who would do that but like for the most part like people are going to be like i know that covid predominantly affects marginalized people and and black communities and so i am not going to go to blm for safety reasons because i'm not feeling well and i don't want to pass this off to anybody like that's what so like yeah masks in group settings do work but also it depends on the group right and if you have people of all different backgrounds in a grocery store and they're a foot away from each other don't love that (laughs) no like this is the other thing there's no actual regulations for these things nobody is being held accountable there's no inspectors going in that i know of to make sure that that grocery stores and, and and walmarts and 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 costcos are actually complying with these types of like restrictions you know no, we, and, ha- we had a blitz over the course of the 28 day stay at home order yeah. over christmas i know yeah. that definitively yeah. there was checks out um and a lot of stores in the region got dinged because yeah. of failure to comply yeah. do you think with these half-assed fucking restrictions right now no. that they're complying again this isn't even like, a real lockdown off. this is a this lockdown is directly Ford being like, y'all need to stay at home because I don't want to do my job. Yeah. Did, did you see the videos of Yorkdale Mall this this weekend? Oh, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> and they're now they're just saying, oh well, we're looking into it. We're examining um... what we can do. Well, what you can do is your fucking job to start with. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so frustrating because obviously. Okay, sure. Somewhere like a mall, yeah, you're probably dealing with 20 to 30 sums going in there and whatnot. But you know what? They, there are other people who are 
well outside of the age bracket you want to blame, who are jam-packed in these places. They are typically the ones outside of the age bracket on the higher end, the ones that are going to sit there and tell you, well, I'm medically exempt. I don't have to wear a mask. Wearing a mask is bullshit. Sure, some of them are driving that narrative into our generation, which is grossly unfortunate. Like, it makes me sick seeing that shit. Um, But you don't get to stand there Make your half-assed fucking decisions for what works for the province and then blame it on millennials and Gen Z. Like, fuck you. Fuck the premier of BC specifically. (laughs) That old codger can just catch COVID and die in a fucking hole for all I give a shit. Because he literally stood on camera, blamed millennials and Gen Z, and said, I'm appealing to young people. I am speaking to young people specifically. Don't blow this for the rest of us. (laughs) Literally the exact phrases he said on a press conference. Don't blow this for the rest of us. Okay, boomer. Like, fuck you. I was just going to say that, like, the Karens and the Bobs of the world (laughs) are the ones that really... The Karens and the Chads. Oh, sorry, the Chads. Uh, I really, I said Bob because it's such a common boomer name, but, um, (laughs) like they fucking love malls. They especially love to tell the millennial and Gen Z employees that they're shitty at their jobs and that they're not doing exactly what they want. So like, I don't know about this, like, I don't know about this younger generation thing when it's like, I don't know when I was working retail over Christmas, it was the boomers who weren't wearing their masks properly. I made a TikTok specifically about wearing a fucking mask after a day where this dude and his wife had walked in and the mask was below the nose the whole time, like almost showing the upper lip. Mm -hmm. And he didn't give a fuck. And I had a high-risk employee. I also felt like I couldn't say much because of the situation. Like the way that it was, it's hard to explain, but like the way the situation was, the fact that there was no manager in the store, which is pretty common with retail, like the manager's not always there. But my colleague was high-risk, but also like not um, comfortable with confrontation. And I didn't want to step in and make that employee uncomfortable. And like, I didn't know that employee very well. And and this dude is just standing there with his wife looking at diamonds because they you, you can't social distance when you're showing expensive jewelry and with his fucking mask down the whole time. Didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And I felt like if I confronted him that it was going to be a whole thing, which I didn't have the energy to deal with. I'm not paid enough for that shit. So like, no. wh- so who's the problem? And again, if the government did their fucking job, we wouldn't have to have these conversations. No. Hundred percent. I like I again. Thankfully, I work in manufacturing. I don't have to deal with people because I would not have a job for very long. <laughs> um, but y'all hear what my mouth is on here? Could you really imagine me? Like, yes, I'm a people person. Anyone who knows me knows that. Like, yes, there is a switch in my head. There is a filter that instantly comes into play when I need to deal with the public. But do you really, honestly, think I could hold it in for that long? Probably not. I am surprised risingly good at retail for somebody who hates people as much as I do. Like, <laughs> it's those of us who are do hate people that are typically oh the best. Well, at it's so it. funny because anybody who meets me now, especially now where I give no fucks anymore about what people think of me and whatnot and how outspoken I am and how quick I am to call people on things and whatnot, but it's like a whole different person in retail. I and and probably because I've been doing it for 15 years. Yeah, it's why it's wild. I it's 
the same concept as being an actor and being told that the roles that are opposite to your personality, you always play the best. It's yeah. the same fucking shit. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is an acting role. Retail is a fucking acting role. Like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> my my friend Jennifer, uh, we used to work at McDonald's years back, and she used to fucking kill me because um, she, her natural speaking range is very uh, alto yeah. in nature when she talks to yeah. you. And she's also a very laid back person. Yeah. She doesn't have much of a filter when she talks to you on the regular. Yeah. But when she had to speak to customers, we always had this joke. Uh, and you have to be Canadian to really appreciate this. Do you remember the cartoon 16? Yeah. Okay. When customers would come on and Jen would go over the headset, full on, the voice switched and it sounded like, welcome to the khaki barn. Have oh a khaki day. God. But that's totally it. I have, I also have a, like most people assume I'm an alto when they, or a mezzo soprano when they hear my voice, speaking voice because it is much lower. Um, <laughs> I'm a dramatic soprano. What up? But yes. like, <laughs> surprise. But, uh, but yeah, my voice switches into a slightly higher because it's more approachable that like slightly higher cadence. Like I can go from zero to a hundred so fast when it comes to retail. Like I can be bitching to a colleague about how fucked a previous like guest was and like how I, and how like their request was fucking stupid and whatever and then somebody walks into the store and i'm like hi welcome to people's how can i help you what anniversary are you looking for is there anything that i can do for you oh i'm so sorry to hear that you're having issues with your purchase let me help you out is there anything else we can exchange it for no okay well let's let's return it but we've got a sale coming up tomorrow so make sure you check that out like immediately like just oh yeah (laughs) it's a switch it's a whole different bronwyn (laughs) (laughs) it's a switch and it like it can be full-on nauseating to witness if you're someone oh, yeah. who knows this person on the outside. Like, Jen, yeah. Jen would pull that shit and then full-on afterwards, like, come off the headset and go, fuck those ignorant <laughs> Oh, like, my God. I would instantaneous. Have, yeah, yeah. If I had a headset, oh, man. <laughs> right? Headsets are dangerous. Uh, but, like, my partner tells me, he had this bitch of a fucking woman come in the other morning. Again, and he has, I swear to fuck, it's like two to three times a week. He has someone come in. With no mask. And it's like, it's a, y'all are not new. This is not news. I get it if you forget it in the car, but if you forget it in the car, it's go like forgetting it. your wallet. You it, turn yeah. around and go back and get yeah. it. Um, so she comes in and ta- he gives zero fucks about calling people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just like, where's your mask? And she goes, I'm medically exempt. Where the fuck do you get off? And like, she just starts leaning into him. She's like, you can bet your ass that corporate's gonna fucking hear about this. And he goes, want my fucking name? It's right here. But guess what? You can bet your ass you'd be leaving your name too. Because if you want to slander my name, I will come after you. And he is 100% the kind of person who will. Like, he will... I just... I and yeah, oh no, he totally dragon. is. But I, but I just, and I mean, going back to your previous point that I totally forgot my point on, but I'm now coming back to as we're talking about it is there is no medical condition that is actually medically con- like medically exempt from wearing masks. There are people with like severe asthma, with like major oxygen deficiencies, like people who need fucking tanks of oxygen with them to breathe still can wear fucking masks. Like when you talk, like TikTok's been great for this because you have all the people who have these issues coming up and being like, literally, if I can wear a mask, anybody can wear a mask. You have doctors going on there saying, there is actually no medical reason why you can't wear a mask. Like it's just, and and it just, it makes me so like, imagine being so against a thin piece of fabric 
covering your face. Oh, but it goes against the charter rights of freedom. Actually, to tell you what it to doesn't. Do. Like I fucking love. Well, I hate it, but I'm gonna say love in in the most hateful way. But <laughs> I love when people bring up the charter rights and freedoms. My grandpa does that sometimes, and it's just kind of wow. like, okay. Did you read the whole first line of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? Because, yes, it does say that we cannot infringe on the rights and freedoms of Canadians. However, there is an exception to that, which is for the betterment of the greater population. So during a global pandemic, your rights and freedoms are not being infringed upon because in order for people on a large scale not to fucking die, you can wear a mask. And people love to bring up the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And I love to go, hey, have you read it in full? Did you did you take only the pieces of it that you wanted? Because have you looked have you actually looked sentence, at it? The whole sentence is not what you think it is. <laughs> Just, More importantly, have you actually read it recently? Oh or, you know, is your memory from grade 10 yeah. civics that yeah. fucking good? Because right. I guarantee otherwise, you're just seeing the other same ignorant fucks who are posting misinformation oh, and God, ignorance all over the interwebs and going, oh, well, this is my argument now. <laughs> uh, which, uh, like, this, this entire thing has really highlighted and we are we already knew this but it's really emphasized the fact that the internet is a wonderful place full mm-hmm. of a lot of fantastic information and it's amazing the information that we have at our fingertips now the damning side to it is how much misinformation and misdirection is also out there and it tends to be what people look at first Go back to what you were taught in high school. Whether it's a book or on the internet, you need to make sure that you're citing your sources and make sure your sources are reputable and credible. And the internet is even more prevalent in that because there's so much stupid out there. Like, oh my lord. Spend a little time. Do a little research. Stop reading just the fucking headlines for fuck's sakes because they're all clickbait, you dumb shits. (laughs) Like, Like, It literally, I just did it right now. I googled Charter of Rights and Freedoms PDF. And the first click was McGill.ca. And it is the PDF for the Canadian Char- Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And the Guarantee of Rights and Freedoms, line one, says the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms guarantees the rights and freedoms set out in subject only to such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society. So people are missing the point when they read that and they're saying you can't tell me what to do and it's like okay <laughs> incorrect we, <laughs> we can't control you but we can we can put limits such reasonable limits prescribed by law as can be demonstrably justified in a free and democratic society so if there's a need for a law to be put in place that is beneficial to the rest of the greater population, then we can do so. We're not trying to control you. We're not telling you you don't have your rights to do what you want on your own. But if not, but not wearing a mask is not your right as a Canadian. If you don't want to wear a mask, you don't have to go out. On the flip side to that, on on a much more uh, <laughs> jo- jovial and uh, maybe naive note. It never occurred to me the fact that this thing would totally exist as a fucking PDF these days. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I, I haven't seen the Charter of Rights and Freedoms literally since grade 10 yeah. civics. 
And it should not be a surprise, but also as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, I guess that would totally be a fucking well, like, PDF online art. Like, it's right there. To go back, like, this is the thing is that we now live in a time where going back, as you said, to like, re-look at things that we learned in high school and elementary school is not hard. We were told, we were that generation that was told... You'll never be able to have a calculator with you at all times, so you gotta learn math. And we're sitting here with our fucking pocket calculator slash phone being like, I'm sorry, what was that lie you told me? Like, we, like, right? And like, I can full on download a calculus app. Like, yep. I can have a full blown graphing yes. calculator at my fingertips. Uh, yes. Like, I get why we have to, like, for anybody listening, I do understand why we need to learn math. But it's just that, like, we were told that if we don't learn to absolutely calculate this, at the top of our head that we're going to fail as adults. And, and that's not true. You know, I never learned my times tables properly. I struggled so hard with them. I could not get them all at the top of my head, but I don't need them that much. I know, I know basic addition, subtraction, division, and multiplication. That's it. That's all I've got. And yet I am able to function just fine as an adult. However, we live in a time now we're going back to double check. These things is not hard. It's not hard. Like, we know we didn't think we'd ever be able to just look up the Charter of Rights and Freedoms as a PDF, and yet we can. So, yeah. therefore, when people are like, oh, have you read the Charter of Rights and Freedoms? And it's like, have you? Check Google. Right. Check it. When's, Check when's the last time you looked? Also, uh, can I just say, my math skills 100% these days are limited to the gym and figuring out how much weight I'm lifting. <laughs> like, that is, that is what my times tables are used for but these days. But you know days. what, Andrew? That is relevant <laughs> to your life. So, it is relevant to my life. Do you know what's not relevant to my life? The Pythagorean theorem. You know the last time that came up? Fucking trivia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is what that information is good for now. It, it is filed under the useless trivia section of you my brain. You don't need to um you don't you don't need to on a daily basis figure out the circumference of a sphere? Like what what I don't No I don't understand. Um, no, but I promise you, pi exists enough in our life <laughs> in multiple, multiple ways anyways. <laughs> So that's what, that is what you do with the circumference, right? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm realizing I I'm saying these things saying, and self-doubting. Whenever those tests come out that say, have you, or like, could you do math at a level of like a fifth grade or whatever, right? And they go through like, there's a bunch of TikToks where they do that. They'll, they'll give you a question per grade and you get to, and they're like, you can pause it to figure it out. And every, sing, every single fucking time we get to like a grade three level, if that, and we're sitting there going, oh shit. And it's like, yeah, off the top of my I head, know. nope, can't do that. I need to sit down and look at this because, like, I took with me what was necessary for my life. The, the lies were told in high school. And let me tell you, the lies were told in high school with relating to what we were just talking about is that once you get out of high school and go to university or whatever you choose to do and you bring all this knowledge with you, and I put air quotes around that for anybody who can't see me, which is everybody. Um, <laughs> but like, we're told that everybody's just going to be more educated and better off and, and whatnot, and that in order to succeed in life, you have to be educated. And I'm like, really? Because let me tell you, as an adult, there are so many people who don't seem to be very educated making rules and laws and 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 fucking deciding futures and screwing up the world. So, I don't know I <laughs> I don't know what to say to you, but uh, we were told a lot of lies in high school. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Millennials in particular. Um like the the blatant lie and push for post-secondary and that it's absolutely necessary. I promise you, I make a lot more than most people who have a post-secondary yeah. education. 
Am I working hourly? Am I slugging it in the factory? Absolutely. But guess what? My paycheck's still better. I walked in off the street. I do not have any post-secondary. I graduated high school. I have graduated high school, and I am sitting as the vice president Mm -hmm. for a board for a festival, and am being trusted implicitly with my decision-making and skills because I've earned experience over the years yeah. and at the end of the day experience can speak a lot for like don't get me wrong there are certain subjects that absolutely you need schooling behind <laughs> yeah, them absolutely i will not deny that for a damn but second but we were we were basically no and we were just it was so heavily promoted when we as millennials were in high school that it was absolutely necessary and if you didn't go to post-secondary you were essentially going to be a failure in life And that, I mean, that ties into a whole other slew of lies and (laughs) failures that were just kind of set up for us. I mean, I have a, I have a university degree that I paid 60 grand for and have $53,000 worth of debt for. And well, more than that, if you consider all the other debt I accumulated while I was in school and and haven't even come close to paying off yet. In fact, I probably won't pay it off until I'm in my fifties, but like I make, 20 bucks an hour and I love my job, but I, it took me a while to get here and I make 20 bucks an hour and the job that I was making more and for, I didn't need a university degree for, I could have gotten that job without a university degree, right? It's, I got introduced to it because I was participating or because I worked in on campus student housing that I got through my university degree. Like all of, I was introduced to that because of my degree, but I could have gotten that job without the degree. I didn't have to have it to get that job and I was paid more like I don't have to have a university degree to work the job that I'm currently working I am grateful for my degree and I am grateful for like that experience and the people that came out of that experience and um, the transferable skills that I learned from having to navigate um, a music degree which is you're dealing with a lot of egos and a lot of (laughs) yeah a lot of politics and a lot of you know like there's a lot having to balance performing with academia and whatnot. But I got so sucked into that in my undergrad that I like in, you in, in high school, I was told by teachers that they don't think that I, university was for me. And they thought that I should go to college and whatnot because my ADHD, my undiagnosed ADHD. Then I get to university and I feel I really have to prove myself because I really fucking wanted that degree. And I failed a bunch of courses and I really, really struggled, but I got that degree. And then I thought, you know what, I need to pursue graduate work and I need to pursue a PhD because I need to prove to myself and everybody else that I can because those degrees equal intelligence. And I left academia to take time off because I was like, I can't afford to go straight back into school. I'm burnt out. I have no money. I need to work for a bit. And the longer, that was seven years ago. And the longer (laughs) that I am out of school, the more I'm like, holy fuck, I never want to go back because it was horrible for my mental health it doesn't mean jack shit it is hard to get it is hard to get degree focused jobs these days because everybody has a degree um even with even if you do pursue a phd you are not guaranteed to get a job from it in fact you either have to take the phd off your resume because you are overqualified or you're underqualified and working contract staff positions at universities for the rest of your life which doesn't pay enough you know and it's just it's this it's this lie we're told because our institutions are based off of money now and not actual education. And I have learned since I graduated, and part of it is me still having friendships with professors and, and, and recognizing that they see me as intelligent without the extra expensive pieces of paper under my name, right? But, but like, I don't need other, I don't need a master's degree 
or a PhD to show that I'm intelligent. In fact, most people who interact with me can tell that I'm intelligent without knowing I have any sort of degree. So it doesn't like this whole lie we're told that intelligence means we have to have had education. No, I know lots of people who are incredibly intelligent and have never completed past high school. It doesn't like you just have to be able to think critically about things and you don't necessarily yeah of course you sorry he's pointing to himself like yeah like <laughs> we wouldn't have this podcast if you weren't intelligent right because i'm elitist <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding but like we wouldn't be on the same page right if you if you didn't have a certain level of intelligence and, and you or, do or be able to have person. reasonable discourse yes exactly exactly because you and i obviously like it and i we we won't break down the entirety of our snapchat but like we had a, a series of snaps this week yeah. where there there was a little bit of um a disconnect between where you were sitting and feeling versus uh myself and my sister um particularly because covid fatigue has resulted in an increasing level of apathy in me yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is low-key concerning <laughs> but i'm trying <laughs> i mean i think that's true for a lot of people but it like we're able to have this kind of discourse and 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 back and forth between the three of us like we have this three-way snapchat and and we send these video snaps to to each other every day and and we might disagree on certain basic concepts of things or just where we're at in general but we also have a lot of respect for each other and we can understand we have empathy for where everybody's at and we can also provide our own perspectives and our own opinions about things in a logical critical way and everybody's welcome to the table you know like and, and only one of the three of us has post-secondary yeah. because adriana dropped out of two separate programs uh, because they weren't really her jam. Yep. And as far as PhDs and masters go, I know so many friends who have tried to go into them mm -hmm. and eventually end up failing out. And it's really yep. just resulted in an ex extreme amount of debt. Oh my God. I know it's so ridiculous. many people. I know a couple of people who have dropped out of PhDs. I know people, I know every single person I know who has pursued a PhD has a, at several points in their PhD wished that they hadn't done it and has seriously considered dropping out of it because... Uh, Master's programs and PhDs, but particularly PhDs, are an elitist game. They are they were they were not oh, yeah. designed to be like I mean, here's the thing about a PhD. Anybody can do one. You have to have a lot of endurance and you have to be able to write fucking two to four hundred pages or whatever on your topic and, and research absolutely everything there is to research about it and, and whatever. Like it mainly just takes discipline and and but the other aspects of it are you end up with a supervisor who is not present or is abusive or is, you know, not uh, pleasant to deal with it affects your mental health it affects your ability to get it done it affects like academia works to really just bring people down and it takes your money in the process and then it gives you a piece of paper and it goes look you did all this research and now you are an expert on this very finite topic good for you you can call yourself a doctor and I'm not here to negate those who have done it it is intense work it is it is it is needed like there are people who need these PhDs to be able to teach what they teach and, and I totally understand that and I have a lot of awe and respect for anybody who's done a PhD because I want to make it very clear I am not dissing like a, a PhD as a thing in general I'm just saying that like academia was not designed to make to make it an accessible thing. So, no. so many people are told, well, you're kind of useless if you don't get this degree. And then they go into it and it destroys their mental health and their, and their self-worth and their ability to, um, 
to also see past for some people see past that very finite amount of um, education that they have. Like, like this is, it, it is an intense degree that you get to become an expert on a very small thing in the mat. Like there's a really great kind of uh, graphic of this about how like in elementary school, you learn this small, it was like a little tiny dot. It's like you learn a, a general amount of information about everything. And then it goes to high school and it's like a more general amount of it, everything. And then you know, university and it's, and it's an even larger circle around it saying like, again, you're learning general information about everything, but it starts getting skewed in one direction because that's the topic you chose. And then finally at the end, there's a tiny little blip, almost like a pimple. And it goes, that's your PhD. It is a very finite thing that you know a lot about in, in the world of knowledge. And so, but we, we live in this world where academia teaches pe or tells people that you are an expert on everything now because you have a PhD. And that's not true. You're an expert on a very specific thing. And you yeah. might be an incredibly intelligent person, but your PhD is on a very specific thing. So it does not make you an expert on everybody. It does not make you superior to everybody. It just means that you are an expert on that very specific thing. And academia makes people feel both superior and insuperior. In, uh, I just anyway, I, I could go on forever. I don't even know if I'm <laughs> explaining it properly, but I just I have so the longer I'm away from school, the more I'm like, oh wow, it there are so many other ways to define intelligence. And like you can go into school and be incredibly book smart and get straight A's and you don't know how to function in the real world. I see it all of the time with people oh, yeah. coming out of university. Uh, like, oh, by the way, now that you've got that nice little piece of paper, go find a job, but you also need three to five years experience. Yes. Right? Yes. Like <laughs> that's and I mean that is part of capitalism too. I was I was reading a thing or was it TikTok, I don't know, my friend Davis, who we should definitely have on here at some point, sends me all these TikToks that are super relevant. I sent some of them to you. But like, there's a bunch of TikToks that have been talking about how, you know, how we ended up in this place where you needed five years of experience for an entry level position when it should just be entry level. You get taught how to do the job when you're in the job. And it came from in the 2008 recession, uh, when the market crashed, and we were all coming out of like, that was when we were all coming out of high school. And like our generation was very much like, okay, like we're going to enter the working world or go to school or whatever. Um, and what happened was because so many boomers and Gen X lost their jobs because of this recession, they were then taking any job they could with their five to 10 years experience. And it became the norm that you could find employees that had all of this experience, even for entry level jobs, because they were so desperate for jobs. And this has stuck. This is capitalism. This is <laughs> like, and now it's impossible yeah. to get jobs. And, and, and you get promised, we get promised this. And again, this goes back to the academia thing. We get promised, oh, if you go to university, you'll, you'll be guaranteed a job. In fact, if you go to college or trade school, you are much more likely to get a lifetime, uh, well-paying job that will last you forever unless you get fired um, or decide to change your career or whatever. But like that will pay really well and will help you pay off your debts right out of college than you are if you go to university because you go to university and you learn a lot of general shit about pretty much everything even if you have a specialization, like I was a music student, but I had to take a whole bunch of non-music electives and 
you you graduate it's a new high school diploma like a university degree is the new high school diploma it's the okay you've got a you've got a university degree so does everybody else what are you going to show me yeah where's your 10 years of experience you know or where or where is your technical skills and handiworks depending on what you want to get into oh god i wish constantly that i had the like that i had the desire to go into trades because my life would be very different (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I I wish I could have actually gotten the schooling behind me uh, to do what I'm doing now. It actually was out of high school. I was accepted to Conestoga College for electrical engineering. Um, oh. However, on paper, my parents made too much money and OSAP oh, wouldn't no. touch me. Oh, my God. And so I couldn't go. And then I ended up working for a bit. And then I just ended up continuing to work. Uh, and I spent far too many years working uh, minimum wage jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was scared to work in the factory setting. I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to deal with the monotony of it. Mm-hmm. I thought, ah, oh, there's got to be other shit out there, whatever. Um, and then I kind of tried going about getting uh, into electrical through uh, some basically volunteering freebie work that was teaching me about electrical. Uh, and now I work for a giant manufacturing company and I actually deal with electrical on the regular and I've learned a whole bunch of fun shit. Um, that is very much transferable. Um, I didn't realize that I was fully capable of, uh, flipping out speakers to an aftermarket set on a car. Uh, but that's a skill set. <laughs> I apparently it falls subsector to everything else that I've learned. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day too, like I, I still don't have that post-secondary degree in any capacity um and i'm still i'm I'm making good money and i'm in a company uh that i do stand to move up in but also capitalist greed is a thing and who knows my company (laughs) might collapse eventually that's a thing Uh, but but to those who again we'll reiterate it if you are someone who is preferring uh or in pursuing academia at a higher degree all the fucking power to yep. you, all the respect to you for wanting to put in all of that work. It is impressive. Just understand that if you're not one of those people, you're not shit and trash because of it. Like you, there is a whole bunch more out there for you. And that level of study is not for everyone. And it's not the end of the world. Exactly. So. And does not make you less intelligent just because you have not pursued a university degree. Now, I, I am somebody who truly believes that we could fix a lot of the world's problem with proper education, but I'm not talking about everybody needs to get a university degree. I'm talking about we need to fix our education system and filter more money into education instead of taking instead of actively defunding education for fucking decades like we've been doing because it, conservatives like to keep us stupid. But yeah, we need we, we need to restructure like baseline yeah, education I mean, it's not this, the higher I was, stuff i was talking to my friend davis about this um shout out davis he's one of our listeners too uh but he <laughs> but uh, he's taking philosophy right now he he's on his second university er, yeah second university degree from laurier because he wants to go into med school and so he had to like um he had to redo or not redo but like do extra courses and whatnot so but he's taking philosophy this time around and he's talking a lot about how like the, the critical thinking that that philosophy degrees teach you is huge and uh, more people should have to take them and whatnot and I said absolutely when I went to Ottawa U which I only did for one year before I switched to Laurier they require you if you are anywhere in the arts anywhere in the arts that's like general arts that's music that's that's fine arts that's you know like it's anywhere in the arts you have to take 
two English courses and two philosophy courses. And one of the courses in it is an introduction to logic. So it's very base level, like critical thinking. Um, or I guess maybe not introduction to logic. It's introduction to critical thinking, but it's, it's logic based thinking. And I learned so much from that class that helped me become a good critical thinker later on that we need to be teaching that stuff in elementary or not in elementary school, but like high school. That is absolutely a course that, that could be easily mandatory if it was taught by if the, the right curriculum was made up for it and the right teachers were teaching it like you could come out of high school being a much better critical thinker and it would solve a lot of these types of issues. Um, if we and it's not just philosophy, it, it's 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 everything. Like if we provide better education than we're currently providing. We won't have a lot of these issues in the same way because better educated starts young. It's not about yeah. a university degree. It's, it starts young. And we have been actively like when people talk about like, we can't defund the police. I'm like, well, we've been defunding actively defunding education for decades. So, I mean, it can be done very clearly without a lot of people noticing. <laughs> well, but you know, the police can, Put stickers on cars and that makes things better, Oh, right? no, don't even, don't even, no, don't even do it. Don't, we will be here another hour. Don't do it. Right? I know. I'm even <laughs> looking at this and I'm like, okay, we're not even going to touch on the George Floyd case. I was just going to say, I was like, speaking of police, um, well, it's also not done yet, but the no. one, co- I know we talked last podcast that we were, we would touch on it this week. There's not actually a ton to be said about it yet. So I think it is best that we hold off. However, the one thing I will say is that the chief of police said that it was absolutely an unnecessary use of force, which is like, huh, interesting. We all could have told you that. (laughs) The police chief has indicated that. Mm -hmm. The uh, staff sergeant who trains at the academy has indicated that nowhere is that movement indicated within their curriculum. Um, And also the defense attorney for... Chauvin is a fucking piece of shit. Um, I mean, and I feel like DAs probably get shit on a lot, but I mean, really they, the man spent uh, an unnecessary amount of time cross-examining a bystander who happened to have a background in MMA fighting and (laughs) asking a whole lot of MMA fighting related. Like there was just so many unrelated questions and they are trying to deflect, deflect, deflect. Um, so obviously it's still ongoing. Yeah. And well, and here's the thing about a case like this is regardless of what side of the fucking political spectrum you're on, police are not supposed to kill guilty people either. And while George Floyd was not guilty of anything, let's just remember that when all y'all are defending it and being like, oh, George Floyd was high or George Floyd was this or blah, 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 because you're racist. Um, let's just remember that even if he was guilty, Police are not supposed to kill guilty people either. Repeating it for the people in the fucking back. Like this whole, when people make excuses for police brutality, I just want to sit there and be like, I'm sorry. No, under your charter of rights and freedoms or in the States under your like freedom act or whatever the fuck it is. I can't remember. Uh, but like, you, huh? Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your freedom under the constitution, whatever. Um, I'm clearly very educated in this moment. Uh, but, <laughs> but like under all of those, under your right to freedom as an individual, you are allowed a fair trial regardless of how heinous your crime. You could have shot somebody in the middle of Times Square, to use Trump's words, and you, everybody saw it and you would still 
be allowed to have a fair trial because that's your freedom and your right to have a fair trial. You're guilty as fuck and everybody saw it. So we know what the outcome is probably going to be. But like you have a right to a fair trial. It's the same in Canada. You have a right to a fair trial. That police don't get to decide that for you. And we're no, so cops quick are not to... judge and jury. No, they absolutely should never be, especially with how biased and, and jaded a lot of police become on the on that job. Um, and it's just it's oh my god, like you a police officer does not get to go. And also, I just want to say, like a police officer as an authority member carrying a gun does not get to go in and decide if somebody is too dangerous because they're wielding a knife. This happens all the time in like mental health cases, especially like, I, I mean, I'm specifically dealing talking about like several cases that have happened in Canada and, you know, in the past, not that long of time. And it's like, I don't care. You were carrying a gun. You are the person of authority. If you don't know how to handle this situation properly, you should not be the one they're calling. I bet you a social worker could do it a lot better than you can. Like, Police do not get to decide who gets a death sentence or not. We are against the death sentence in Canada. A whole bunch of states in the U.S. are against the death sentence. So police don't get to be the decider of who gets a fucking death sentence, even if you're guilty. So just, ju that is my rant on this. And we will continue this conversation <laughs> another day when we have more time to delve into this case, when there's more information on it, when we know the outcome. Uh, because we do think it's important, yeah. but that is the piece I'm going to say today for all the. And that's where we'll leave that. Uh, now let's shift over to Bridezilla. Oh Western my god! Work. Okay, okay, okay. So I have had this rant before, but it's completely different from everything else we're talking about today. So the term Bridezilla. I'm somebody who uh, th something that people don't know about me is that I am nowhere near getting married in my actual life, but I have loved weddings since I was a very young kid so I've been very immersed in like I watch Say Yes to the Dress I watch you know like I fucking love those shows I love reality shows around weddings even though I think weddings are a capitalist fucking game um to make us poor <laughs> but I do love weddings and I've watched a few friends of mine get married and I've seen people like family members throw out the bridezilla thing and it makes me really angry and um I've seen it like it's still very popularly used as a joke around brides like brides get really stressed out and really and 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 then upset about things not happening the way that they want it and it's not just the women sometimes there are groomzillas too but it's not as common and it's not as joked about um or momzillas or mom yeah well that's that's a whole thing, right? <laughs> uh, but like the term bridezilla comes from like us blaming these women for being quote-unquote crazy right about like getting so obsessed with their wedding and it has to be a very specific way and 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 being completely unrelenting on that and the thing I have to say about that is what makes me so angry about us perpetuating this bullshit is how sexist it is because we spend our whole everything as a society teaching young girls that they should care about their weddings and I'm not saying all girls do but I'm saying that we are taught from a young age that we are to desire weddings and that we can't wait. So those of us who do end up really wanting a wedding get sold this idea that it has to be perfect our whole lives. We think about it from a, and again, only those of us who do think about it, but those of us who do, we think about it from a very young age. I used to play dress up with my sister and she was never allowed to be the bride. It was always me. <laughs> and I'm sure she might talk about that when we bring her on, but like, 
Uh, she now jokes about like, at my wedding, you're gonna have to wear a tux just for payback. And I'm like, that's fine. I'll rock a tux. I'm a big old lesbian. It's fine. But like, you know, it's just it's this we, we dream about it from a young age, we are told about how like, all these perfect weddings look and, and we get this idea of what we want us to look like. And this is what we're sold for decades. And that and not to mention fairy tales on top of that, when we look at Disney and Disney brides and uh, then we see people like from the royal family getting married and we're like oh my god I'd love to be a princess for a day you know and we get these ideas in our head about like this is what I want it to look like this is how I want it to be this is the money I want to spend on it this is you know then when the day come or when the time comes that we are planning our wedding and we were never prepared for how fucking stressful it is to plan a wedding, how fucking expensive it is to plan a wedding when you have a wedding tax on pretty much everything. You say, I want a birthday cake that's two tiers and has a bunch of roses on it. And they'll be like, sure, uh, $120. And you say, I want a two tier wedding cake with a bunch of roses on it. And they go, that'll be a thousand dollars. Funeral flowers are less expensive than wedding flowers. Like you, you get, so you get into the planning of it. It's extremely expensive. You're going broke while you do it. You are, you want to have this image that you have always had in your head your whole life. And then you're, you get upset when it's not working out that way or when it gets really stressful or when you're having to handle everything, because let's also not forget that family always gets in the way when weddings come along and family are generally toxic around weddings and they will interject with their own bullshit and they'll be like, well, I want this and I'm helping you pay for it. So therefore I think your bridesmaid dresses should be red and not purple, you know, like, and, and family will put in their two cents and then you as the bride are sitting there feeling incredibly overwhelmed not listened to, trampled on, and angry that your dream is being put in the hands of other people and that you're having to fork over more money than you ever thought you would have and that it might make you go broke, but you still want to have this day. And you're so stressed out and you snap at people because this constant perpetuation your whole life of this very day isn't going how you wanted it to. And then people get, sit there and they call you Bridezilla because you're holding a tantrum because nothing is working how you wanted it to, to go. I call fucking bullshit on that. I, it's, I know it's such a random topic to bring up, but it's something I think about quite a bit, especially when I see it done on like shows and whatnot, when people are like, oh, she's such a Bridezilla. And we just kind of throw it off as a joke, which is so harmful because the more we joke about it, the more we actually perpetuate how awful it is right like we have mm. we have made these women believe their whole lives that this is the day they have to look forward to and then we villainize them literally villainize them turn them into a fucking literal monster bridezilla for getting upset that it's not going the way that they want it to and i just can't i watched one of my friends got married in i think 2016 and i was at her place the night before when she, or she was staying with her parents and I was at her parents place the night before and I was helping her put together bouquets and her family was making constant bridezilla jokes at her and like specifically trying to push her buttons they're like oh you're such a bridezilla though oh you've been throwing tantrums blah 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 and it made me fucking rage it took everything in me not to get involved because I was like it's not my family it's not my family like I can't say anything I don't want to like I'm here as a guest whatever but it made me so angry because I was sitting there watching my friend just be stressed out because she's getting married the next day and a whole bunch of shit wasn't done and her family who said they were going to help weren't helping in the ways that they said they would. Instead, they're just sitting there laughing at her, calling her bridezilla, telling her to calm down. And that's okay. Like, that's okay. Like, 
why is this a joke that we do? Why why do we think this is funny? Oh, right, because putting women under duress as a public speculation is funny to our society. So as somebody who has thought about weddings since I was a child and watches all these shows and has seen this happen to friends, I just, this is a random rant and it's not connected to anything else we've talked about on this podcast, but it is something that I feel very passionately about and I think we need to eradicate the idea of Bridezilla. Well, that it's funny that you say that it's random because on two separate podcasts, so here's my tie-in thought to this, on two separate <laughs> podcasts that I've listened to, they have brought up this fucking show and oh, it's called <sighs> Marriage or Mortgage. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the latest in a long line of TLC trash oh, and anyone it. who watches TLC knows the vast majority is of the shows TLC? they put Is it TLC? I thought it was just, on Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's TLC. I Regardless, that, it's I, a similar. I don't know. It sounds like a fucking TLC and it show, is a anyways. Trash show. Oh, oh yeah, but also, can God. we please stop for a hot second and identify the fact that we are glamorizing the fact that we live in a fucking age yep. where you have to choose yep. between buying a house yep. or being able to get married. Yep. Yep. And yet, once upon a time, in my parents' generation, you literally did one followed by the yep. other, typically in quick succession, if not simultaneously. Yep. But we are now so depraved that we have to fucking glamorize it as a TV show and go, oh, look at this opportunity we're going to give you. As somebody who, if I were to, if I had a partner right now and we were to get engaged, I could not even fathom affording a wedding. Okay, as somebody who's wanted to get married my whole life, I couldn't even fathom it. Let alone, like, I can't even fathom owning a home, let alone trying to pay for a wedding, right? So I'm going to be forced to, like, do something really inexpensive, which isn't my dream. And it'll be what it is, fine. You know, I can't even have either. (laughs) But the fact that late-stage capitalism has created this world where we have to choose between both. As somebody who's worked in the wedding business, I worked in jewelry for, I've worked in jewelry on and off for over a decade, about 12 years. The wedding business makes so much money off of weddings. And the average wedding, I believe, and I might have to look this up while I do it, the average wedding cost is now about thirty to $50,000. I'm going to look it up right now. Average wedding cost Canada. Oh, okay. So approximately 42,400 Canadian dollars is the average wedding cost these days. That is the down payment to, well, actually, you know what? It's a 5% down payment to a house these days. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, especially in Kitchener, yeah, Waterloo, oh, yeah, with our yeah, $800,000 $800, home average. I can't, I can't, I can't, Fuck I fucking can't. Right. But, but like, that is another capitalist rant. I just town. like, it's just, I watched one, two, three, Three of my friends that have, four of my four of my friends that have gotten married in the past seven years have tried to do their weddings small but still elegant and inexpensive, and their inexpensive wedding cost was still almost twenty thousand dollars. Jesus fuck! And like I know there are people out there who will be like, get married in a park, blah blah, blah like rent a hall, and it's like okay, sure, but you have to consider. How many people are you inviting? How, like, what are you going to be spending on all the supplies to make it look nice? What are, like, what are you spending on a DJ? What are you spending on a photographer? What are, like, when you start adding all these costs up, they add up so unbelievably fast. It's just nearly impossible to have a cheap wedding these days unless you elope. And uh, it's it's sad because, like, I was, I, I got into a TikTok rant with, with a woman who's, um she's a, uh, 
a wedding planner who works on like low cost weddings and and um elopements out of Edmonton and I got Wait, into what? a rant you with got her. into a TikTok rant <laughs> <laughs> I know right it's shocking me um I but we went back and forth because I, I was stitching her videos uh because she made this video for like no nuance November which I fucking hate that trend like everything oh, has nuance yeah. stop it um <laughs> <laughs> like you can't say no nuance something and then and then get mad when people fight you on it because like you didn't provide nuance so let me provide the nuance anyway whole other rant but she was talking about like things that you shouldn't do if you can't afford it and she was talking about weddings specifically and she mentioned a whole bunch of things that I thought were really problematic um that I can't remember totally off the top of my head right now but I remember one of the things that I said to her is that I said when we talk oh one of the things was like well you can't be asking the wedding business to 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 become less expensive just because you can't afford a wedding. It was something along those lines. And I remember coming, I said, that's a really problematic stance because you are eliminating a whole subgroup of people and a, and a huge one of people who fall under the poverty line or close to, or have enough debt that it feels like they're under the poverty line who cannot, who have dreamt of having weddings their whole lives and they don't even want anything lavish. And yet they cannot have a wedding because of how exorbitantly expensive it has been under capitalism. We can't like we can't be making excuses for the places that are overcharging for things. You know, like it's it's somebody because they're poor should not be should not just not be able to have a wedding when when in our current society we have been taught to want one and have been and have been given this image from a young age of what it will look like. And then all of a sudden, okay, but you're poor, so you can't do it. Like, absolutely fuck not. No. Yeah. This show is such bullshit. This, like, mortgage or marriage. Like, I just, oh, my God. And this woman that I was talking, this ranting with, sorry, I'm going back and forth. I don't know what, I don't know how to stream things together. But, because <laughs> I'm <laughs> ranting. But this woman was like very specifically talking about she's like you know you can still have a marriage marriage and a marriage and a wedding are different things and I said yeah we're, we're not stupid we know that but while marriage is the goal we still want a wedding and you can't just say that we we have to choose between marriage and a wedding when that's something I've been taught to want my whole life you know it's just it's what it's fucking wild it's but then to have to choose between a wedding and a fucking mortgage, like I'm not even going to be able to choose either of those things. Like it's just, ugh, I hate it. I yeah. hate so much. And the fact that people, like lots of people are commenting about how problematic that show is, but there are so many people that don't see an issue with it. And I'm just sitting here going, how do you not, like we are so indoctrinated into this cap, late stage capitalist bullshit that will one day crumble because it is not meant to survive. And we're sitting there thinking, yeah, this is totally fine. It's like that meme of the of the dog sitting in the fire, like the room that's on fire uh, going, this is fine. Like <laughs> Everything is fine. Everything's fine. Like, fuck. I hate okay, it Okay, so to, to bring the fuck you back full circle here, <laughs> I'm going to bring up one last quick little thing. Okay. Um, because I, we had a delightful moment last week. I was really, really bored. And I sent a Snapchat. And I sent spent far too much time. Oh yeah. <laughs> with my with my finger on my phone, just <laughs> painting myself to look like Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon. <laughs> and I sent it out to many friends and the responses I got back which included Bronwyn as Sailor Jupiter were fucking delightful. <laughs> Amazingly enough, the next fucking day all of these shutdown things come out and so anyone who has seen Sailor Moon needs to go to YouTube 
and look up Sailor Moon Abridged. Any abridged anime series is basically a general random couple people taking a series and redubbing it, but like doing it in the most ridiculous ways possible. <laughs> and there was a scene from Sailor Moon that I quoted when I sent my Snapchat that a meme showed up the next fucking day. And it's Tuxedo Mask in the first episode. And he looks at Sailor Moon and goes, my job here is done. And she goes, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> and he goes, farewell. And it was that picture, except it was Doug Ford written over top Tuxedo Mask. Oh. And it was Sailor Moon was Ontario. And it was my job here is done. And Ontario saying, you didn't do anything. It's so accurate, though. Maybe we should share that meme to our Instagram. Yeah, we'll share it on, we'll share the meme on Instagram so people can see it. Um. Which, if you're not doing so already, go follow us at Sibling Rants on Instagram and at Sibling Rants Pod on Twitter. I don't know how active we are on Twitter. I leave that to you. I, just, I never post. We're not super active on Twitter yet. Um, Mostly Instagram. I just post. Well, we're about we're about as accurate or about as active as we are on Instagram. I post every Thursday um, our new posts. And that's about okay. it. I do sometimes like retweet things from like podcasts that I really love and whatnot. And I've started following them. And when we gain some followers, we'll we'll do a little bit more. Heck yeah. So yeah, if you're not doing so already, follow us on our socials. <laughs> Go leave us a review on the Apple Store if you can. Drop a little comment. You can reach out to us and ask us questions. Siblingrants at gmail.com. Yes, Tell your friends, show us some love. We're up over 100 views or 100 listens on our first episode. Uh, and it's climbing week by week as people are progressively getting caught up. I'm sure it's daunting to look at our podcast and go, what? You want an hour and 20 minutes of my fucking life? Fuck <laughs> you, bud. Uh, <laughs> but it's the most excellent hour and 20 minutes of ranting. So I'm For real, because, you know, it's as, as many people have alluded before, it's conversational. People apparently talk to us when they're listening to us. Great. I wish you could be a part of the conversation with us I for know. reals, but uh, it's entertaining to hear that you guys are enjoying and that. And if you keep so, listening, you might get to hear some singing. Maybe. Maybe. Might be. Maybe, maybe some singing. And definitely some guests coming up. So In, in the very near future. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, this has been a fucking rant. Uh, that's There'll be even more horseshit and fuckery next week. Uh, we... <laughs> We promise, because Ontario never fails to provide right now. So, what we got I there? Here. I fucking hate it here, too. Never thought I'd hate being a Canadian, but here we are. Right. <laughs> right. So, nevertheless, stay free, safe friends. Uh, wear a goddamn fucking mask. Wash your hands. Don't put up with people's bullshit. Don't right. give in to capitalism. Don't be a racist douche nugget. Be a good person. Bye. Bye.